This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hello, and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Austin, also known as Teacup. And my name is Shelby, also known as Sheacup. Join us as we embark on unraveling all of your favorite mysteries from the Assassin's Creed universe. From Assassins to Templars to the mysterious Isu and more, we will seek to uncover it all. So join us, and maybe even take a leap of faith. Hello and welcome to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. My name is Shelby or Sheikup. I am super, super excited to be here today for our topic and Austin is here with me. Yeah, hello. I am Austin or Teacup and I'm excited to be here. So I know we have a character deep dive today. Um, so why don't you tell me why you picked um, this character for us to to talk about pretty in-depth? Well, I picked this character because this character rounds out a group that we have talked about already. We've talked about the other two members of this group in detail. And so this kind of rounds that out for them. I'm also excited to talk about this character because I picked a character that you have interacted with before. Yeah, and I know we've done Aya, but uh, I'm excited. I've, I've interacted with a lot of characters. I'm in Assassin's Creed 3. Right, I know. I just saying that when we had done the previous deep dives, like when we had done Sean or Lucy, you hadn't really interacted with them because you were still behind in the playthrough, was all. Well, not when we did Lucy. I had already seen everything with her. Oh. Then I'm just confused on my timeline. I'm sorry. Oh, well, well I'm excited because you have done almost all of her content. When we, uh, we're going to talk about it. it is a she. And this should give you a hint since we mentioned both Sean and Lucy. We are, in fact, talking about the tech whiz herself, Rebecca Crane. Awesome. Well, let's just dive right in. All right. So Rebecca was born in 1984, which is almost 40 years ago now. So she's almost 40 in the current timeline. She is descended from Prussian mercenaries. And we learned this in a conversation she has with Desmond, where Desmond basically asked her, do you ever, have you ever used the Animus yourself? And she says yes, and that her ancestors are not nearly as interesting as Desmond, as it's not very fun to just walk around shooting uh, outdated firearms as a Prussian mercenary. Um, so Rebecca, like Sean, and like Sean, was recruited into the Assassins rather than being born into them like Desmond and Lucy were. Before joining the Assassins, Rebecca had a vested interest in sports, particularly extreme sports like extreme snowboarding and skydiving. I did not know that, mostly because I am going to be honest. I don't tend to talk to the modern day companions as much as I do the historical timeline. So the reason that she is a tech whiz and not a 
sports person is because she would suffer an injury to a broken leg. And during her recovery, she would then find her love of hacking and computers. And it's during this time that she is discovered by the assassins and recruited. So sometime after her recruitment, Rebecca comes across this historian who very stupidly is just publishing all this work about this company called Abstergo and all of the nefarious things that they do. And so she tries to basically warn him and say, you don't know what you're doing. You are messing with the wrong people. You need to stop. Well, that historian was, in fact, Sean Hastings. And Sean would later remark after he was recruited into the assassins that had Rebecca not interfered as she did, he would likely be dead. Yeah, this totally tracks, though, with, for me. Um, you know, almost every time you do go to the modern storyline and whenever you leave the animus, Sean is always like has some snarky comment to say about Abstergo, um, about how they're, you know, so sneaky and shady and all that kind of stuff. Like he always has some kind of comment that he just has to get out there. Like he can't hold his tongue for 30 seconds. Right, right. So this is a fact I actually didn't know. I guess I hadn't explored that much before researching. Rebecca was part of the team that supported Clay Kazmarek in his infiltration in Abstergo. In fact, in a trailer for the Lost Archives DLC, which is Clay's story in Assassin's Creed Revelation, in the trailer we hear Rebecca's voice telling Vidic that he she's or that he's leaving Clay and the Animus too long. And so she was there and part of that infiltration. And it's in this time that Rebecca would become friends with Lucy Stillman, though they would not, after 2005, they would not see each other until 2012 when Desmond is broken out of the Sturgo. So yeah. So that's kind of like her early life, like before we meet her in Assassin's Creed 2. So do you have any thoughts about that? Or are you ready to just chug on through i do think that the um extreme sports whether it's snowboarding skydiving etc i i definitely see that in her personality she's very much um as she's presented to us she's very much a like take no crap kind of person who very much like wants to do like live life to its fullest potential. So I definitely see that. I, I feel like that tracks. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, I don't, it's nice because like, she's not just the nerdy girl who sits behind the computer and can't do anything for herself. Like, right. It's nice they're breaking that kind of trope. So this is more history that we're probably mostly all familiar with, at least if you have played the Ezio trilogy. So in AC2, Rebecca would run point for the Animus for Desmond, providing technical support. Um, she calls the Animus 2.0 her baby. She is the one who designed it and implemented it and made it, quote unquote, a million times better than the Abstergo machine. Um, it is Rebecca who uncovers the encryption of 16's glyphs in the Animus. 
So you do it as Desmond in the Animus, but it is her algorithm and her programming that runs the encryption so that you can, you know, point and click to the pictures to decrypt them. Oh, that's pretty cool. And then, so Rebecca will remark to Desmond, when you talk to her, she'll tell him things about the Assassin's Brotherhood and the Order, very much contrasting what you hear from Sean, where Sean says, like, we're not the good guys. Don't think we're the good guys. Rebecca is kind of the opposite, where she's like, no, we're the good guys. Abstergo is the bad guys. We're the good guys. We're doing good in the world. And she also remarks that Desmond is a natural at working with the Animus. So I have a clarifying question. Uh-huh. Is Rebecca, you know, you said she was recruited into the assassins rather than being born into them. Is she recruited into the assassin cell that's led by William Miles or another one? Yes. The one led by William Miles. So that's Assassin's Creed 2, which we know she kind of, she oversees Desmond's training with the animus and all of that. We get to Brotherhood and we get a little more kind of background about Rebecca. So she doesn't really change her role very much in Brotherhood. She's still running encryption. She's she's also making sure that Abstergo can't find them. So she's hiding their digital footprint, making sure that they're not being seen by satellites or any other type of surveillance equipment by Abstergo. And that's really it. And you can comment and you can talk to her. But the most interesting thing in Brotherhood is things you can learn from her emails, which tell you more about the group themselves. And these are kind of funny. So she would send the following emails. The first one she would send is that someone stole her MP3 player, which there's only three other people with her. So this would be very hard to hide. But also it makes me laugh because... So Assassin's Creed 2 came out in like 2010 or 2009. And so Brotherhood wasn't far after that. It just makes me laugh that like in 2012, this idea that you're still using an MP3 player versus like an actual 2012. I don't think many of us were using MP3 players. Speak for yourself. I still have my iPod at that time, but they probably like legally have to say MP3 player because they didn't get the rights to say iPod. Probably. Um. That would be my thought. I'm also curious. Let's take bets. Who do you think stole the MP3 player? I My first gut reaction is Sean, but I think it was actually Desmond. I I think it was Sean, but he pretended that Desmond did it and tried to blame it on him. I could see either way, but it was one of them. Lucy wouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um. So she also ratted out Sean for stealing Lucy's yogurt and emails. So here's some more proof. This supports my theory. Sean is a thief. He's already stealing yogurt. So why not the MP3 player too? Um, She also sends an email to Lucy telling that Desmond has been shouting in his sleep. So that one's a little more serious. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and of course... Rebecca is present for Lucy's betrayal and death. So in relation, again, her her role does not change very much, but she does maintain the animus and she watches over Desmond as she is meant to recover. The small detail we get is we get a conversation between Sean and Rebecca in Revelation, I believe, where we're told that 
Rebecca did not go to Lucy's funeral because Sean does go because he's the only one that can get away. Right. Like she can't just let the encryption drop. She can't just let Desmond stay in the animus by himself kind of thing. Right. And I think there's a little bit at this point that she doesn't trust William Miles alone with the animus or with Desmond. I think that's fair. Also, uh, they call, they refer to William Miles sometimes as Bill, which I think is wrong. It sounds wrong. It does. It does. I've noticed that myself. And I'm like, mm, what? <laughs> and so, and then in AC3, we get a lot of Rebecca and Desmond have a lot of conversations about their time together. Um, he remarks to her that, like, there's a really heartfelt speech in AC3 that Rebecca gives or not Rebecca, but that Desmond gives to Rebecca, where he basically, like, thanks her and Sean for everything that did says, even though I've been an asshole sometimes, like, I wouldn't have made it without you two, really. And it's really heartfelt, and you get that. Um, she maintains the animus. She finds out that they need the power sources, the little cubes that you have to go. Um, it's also revealed that Lucy is not the first friend that... Rebecca has lost two Templars and their infiltration of assassins. And it's revealed that one of an assassin named Hannah, who attempted to convert Daniel Cross away from the Templars to convince him to not do that, was a friend of Rebecca Crane. And Daniel Cross does end up killing her. And so we see this shift in Rebecca Crane's personality as it goes off after AC Brotherhood. She becomes a lot more reserved. She becomes a lot quieter. She's still snippy, but like you see, you see her like moving more towards like a very serious thing. Like Sean will still casually remark about Desmond like dying and like fall and like doing things to his death. And that really pisses Rebecca off. Um, you see, as the things progress, Rebecca gets more and more angry when Sean makes those kind of remarks. I mean, I, I understand that completely. Which I think proves that her character, that she's very loyal. And I think that goes back to the difference between Sean and Rebecca's view of the assassins. And there's a audio log about between Sean and Desmond from AC Valhalla that Sean gives to Layla that is basically like, Desmond's saying, I wish I could have picked the assassins. And I think that's very much true for Rebecca. And so AC3 happens. Desmond releases Juno. He dies. And that's it. And so I think this would be a good time for a break. All right. Well, let's go into the break. Makose! Shoot! Shoot the flying demon! Malaka! 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 Even now, faced as I am with the truth of your cold words, I refuse, because I believe things can still change. I may never succeed. The assassins may struggle another thousand years in vain, but we will not stop. So welcome to the break. This is where we talk about all the things that have to do with the podcast and not necessarily the lore. So the first thing I have to do is tell you to join our Patreon. If you join our Patreon at the $20 tier or higher, you can even come on the show with us. Um, and so there's a lot of really awesome benefits on the Patreon. If you haven't uh, taken a minute to check it out, definitely go do so if you have the chance. 
And then another thing that I have to tell you about, another great way to support us if you can't support us financially is to give us a great review. Um, so I do have a good review to read today. And this one is from The Last Alder. And they say a toast to the cups, five stars. I cannot say enough positive things about this podcast. They are not only well-informed on the game and its lore, but they're also very well-educated on real-life history. As someone who's both a history nerd and an Assassin's Creed nerd, the two they cover the two hand-in-hand hand very well. However, as someone who only started playing a few years ago with the RPG trilogy, there is plenty of information that I lack about how we got to where we are in the present day games and how they intertwine. The Cups are an amazing and entertaining way to get caught up with the lore of the world. I've listened through twice already and can't wait for the weekly episode drop. If you love history, Assassin's Creed, and nerdy banter, I cannot recommend the Cups enough. Austin is an amazing lore master and having Shelby play through with fresh eyes really helps represent many of us who may not be OG fans, but still have plenty of love for the series. Thank you so much for this awesome review. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, and then the last thing that I have to tell you all about is our Discord server. We have a Discord server and it is awesome. It's one of my favorite places to hang out. It's the Cups Podcasting and More server. And we have a link to that in the episode description in the show notes. Um, but something we're doing in the server and on our Twitter account for the Dragon Age Lorecast is that we're doing a giveaway. So if you also love Dragon Age, definitely hop into the server, follow us on Twitter. We're doing a giveaway of some merch on Sunday, December 4th for Dragon Age Day. So if you also love Bioware, definitely check out our giveaway and you can win some merch. So Austin, I think that's everything I have for the mid-break except for my playthrough. So are we ready to chat about that? We are. So I'm still in Assassin's Creed 3. I have made some progress. I now have a, a special hatred of, of Paul Revere shouting at me um to so the left connor there's that that is um supremely irritating <laughs> okay. but so i have to ask yeah which one is worse to the left connor or shoot shoot the fire demon i think to the left connor is worse because it's not funny and like <laughs> half the time I was already going to the left and I was already going to the place he told me to go. And then he's like, oh, let's change course to the left, Connor. And I'm like, this is the way that you told me to go. Why are you making me turn around? So I think I think shoot, shoot, the flying demon is funnier because it's just it's just iconic. Um, so I think that's where I fall. All right. I respect that. <laughs> well, what do you think? I don't know. They're both kind of burnt into my brain. That's real. I get frustrated because he is so squishy. If you get into like one combat encounter, he's like in the red bar. And I know that's a mechanic to like encourage you to not get into combat. But in realistically, like if he could not handle the British in a way, why is he the one being sent out to ride out? That's fair. That's very fair. I think that's a good point. I just found his voice irritating. It is. And, you know, you did make a comment, like, 
the American accent as we know it now would not be around. Right. You would have a like proto Southern accent and the British accent would be around. Yeah, like the American accent didn't exist yet, really. So it's like this book I'm reading. It's set in the like 1901, 1902, that era. And someone told somebody else to shut up. And I was like, I don't think that phrase was around yet. So it's just that kind of stuff, which is not a big deal in terms of historical accuracy. But it is something that we notice. Right. Yes. All right. All right. Well, Well, are we ready to get back to it? Yes, we are. All right. And I know I was really nice to you, but actually I'm just another Templar plot twist. And yes, I would like very much for you to be controlled by a magic space wizard so that you can murder me. I am not a father anymore. I am not a husband. I am not a Magi. I am a hidden one. Yes. We are the hidden ones. Well, speaking of Assassin's Creed 3, here we are with Rebecca's role in Assassin's Creed 3. So she, or post-Assassin's Creed 3. So Rebecca and Sean would team up together, kind of post-Desmond's funeral and everything, to say, okay, we're going to go steal Desmond's bodies back because Abstergo doesn't deserve to have it, and they're doing bad things with it. So we're going to go take it back. So they infiltrate Abstergo Entertainment and recover Desmond's body. After recovering the body, Rebecca and Sean would meet up with in William Miles' bunker. It is here that Rebecca, through scanning the network, would discover the Initiates database. Now, the Initiates are like a subgroup of assassins that are not assassins, but they're very similar and they do similar work. And so Rebecca is so impressed with the Initiates and their satellites Network that after they kind of discover an initiate spy in their cell, they basically spare the spy and basically work to bring the initiates into the full fold of the Assassin's Brotherhood and work together. It is after this that Sean and Rebecca join the Assassin Bishop to hunt for the Shroud of Eden. Now we see this in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Um, So all throughout Assassin's Creed Syndicate, they would race against Otsoberg Sigma team to find the Shroud of Eden, going to Templar warehouses, everything. Well, it eventually is revealed that the Shroud is in a vault under Buckingham Palace. Rebecca and Sean would go. There would be an altercation with the Templars. The Shroud is taken uh, by Violet DaCosta, and Rebecca would be wounded. And the last we see in that scene is Sean kind of covering for Rebecca as another assassin kills out the Templars. So after she recovers, Rebecca would help the assassin Owen Myers relive the memories of his Chinese ancestor, um, Zhang Shi, in search of the second trident of Eden. Though that kind of didn't really work out for them and they had to, uh, Rebecca had to leave the project early because she had to leave with Sean to go help Layla Hassan. And so Rebecca would assist Layla as she recovered from her encounter with the Hermes staff. And we would even see Rebecca offering some comfort and empathy as Layla deals with the death and murder of Victoria and just kind of Rebecca there. And you really see like 
the compassion that Rebecca has because Layla's like remarking on like, you know, I killed Victoria. My old team won't talk to me. They won't do anything. And Rebecca's like, well, we're here. We understand. We've, this isn't the first time we've dealt with this. And that's all we know about Rebecca. The last we see of her is with Sean when Basim wakes up and says, let's go meet William Miles. That's all really interesting. I, I feel like it's a likelihood then that she'll be in Mirage, right? It's possible. We don't know. We don't know if there's a modern day story at all in Mirage. There could I guess not that's be one. Fair. That's fair. Um, but I feel like if there is a modern day storyline, I do feel like both her and Sean are likely to be in it, especially Sean, since his voice actor was part of the Ubisoft showcase back in September. That's true. That's true. I think that is a good point. Any overarching thoughts about Rebecca or do you want to move some fun facts and then we can talk about why we like or dislike the character? Let's move into some fun facts. All right. So one fun fact, Rebecca Crane is a vegetarian, which Sean comments makes it difficult to find food on missions. I feel like Sean just likes to complain. I Yes. Um, so this is a little linguistics lesson. Rebecca comes from the Hebrew, uh, Rebecca, meaning snare, noose, or tied up, which does not fit her personality at all. No, it doesn't. Rebecca's password is snowmass84, obviously referring to her background in snowboarding sports and 84 being the year that she was born. And then this one's kind of cute. In one email, Rebecca talks about missing her dog. So what happens to the dog? I need to know the whereabouts of the dog. We don't know. I need to know. Well, tell Ubisoft. Ubisoft, I need to know. And then lastly, it is revealed that Sean and Rebecca do end up getting married, which, you know, the fandom shipped them forever so you know this one fan did not ship them that is me it's not that i don't ship them it's not that i dislike them as a couple i just i just feel like i i don't know i just don't feel like rebecca's interested in men i mean that's fair oh this was another fun fact that i didn't write in the show notes but i do remember so in rebecca's original design for one of the games she was supposed to have short hair, but this was later retconned and she was put in with her normal long hair look. So if that feeds your theory at all, I don't know. Not that short hair determines your sex sexuality at all. I mean, that's true. She doesn't really have that long of hair, though. No. Um, in AC Valhalla, she's got a lot longer hair. Ah, okay. Yeah, I just don't feel like... I don't know. Um, you did say something really funny when you first saw Sean and Rebecca, and I told you that they were a couple. What did I say? I don't remember. You said, sir, that is a bisexual and a lesbian. Yeah, now I, I remember saying that. I stand by that statement. All right. All right. Uh, who knows? Maybe they're both bisexual. We don't know. Yeah, that's always possible. I just, 
stand by my statement. I don't feel like Rebecca is interested in men sexually. Mm. She could also just be asexual and looking for a romantic. That's fair. That you that you're very that's very fair. You you have you have made statements. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um so why do you like or dislike this character? Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Well, I asked the question, so you can go first. <laughs> All right. Well, I do like Rebecca. I do like Rebecca a lot. She like you said, is a person who kind of breaks the stereotype of the nerdy girl. She's not just smart in one thing. She is a pretty well-rounded person. You might not see all of that if you only, you know, power through the modern day missions, but you can dig pretty deep into her character. And so I do appreciate that. Um, I do wish we got a little bit more. And I think this applies to all three of the trio, Lucy and Sean as well. I wish we got more about their life before they came to the assassins. Um, we don't really have much, like, you know, we get like a sentence or two. So I wish we we had more information about that. Um, but I do, I do really like Rebecca as a character. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I do like her as a character. I think that she kind of rounds out the group of like, obviously Lucy is Lucy. She's not really gotten ho about the assassins, though we don't really get that. And Sean is just, he is 100% for the assassins, but he's also Sean and very skeptical. But Rebecca very much offers that voice of like, we're doing good work and like what we're doing is the right thing to do. And I know that and I'm convicted of that. And I think the team really needs that. Yeah, I very much agree with that statement. And so that's why I like her. I do think that she does deserve a little more character development. And you can get a lot by, you know, reading more emails or other things around that. But she deserves some screen time. Well, any last thoughts? Not really. All right. Well, then I think we can wrap this up. All right. Thank you so much for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Assassin's Creed Lorecast. You can find us on Twitter at Assassin's Creed Lorecast, or you could talk to us on Discord in the Robots Radio Discord or our personal Discord server. Both links found in this episode's descriptions. Thank you for listening, and always stay to the shadows to serve the light, Assassins. Well, do you know your video game lovers? Have you ever wondered how your video game bays stack up against all the other delectable digital dates? I'm Genesis, the girl whose motto in life is love, laugh, tequila. And on Two Girls, One Ship, we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. And I'm Vervada, the hopeless romantic cat lady and lifelong gamer. But you should know that our podcast centers on character and romance analysis and doesn't shy away from exploring the fun of physical connection. Or from the deep emotional connections built between two characters, using specific in-game dialogue, and the overall narrative journey. So join the two girls, one ship, shipsters, and remember... Beauty is in the eye of the controller.